Last night I had the opportunity to watch one of my very favorite movies of all time. I'm quite a movie buff, but if I was stranded on a desert island, since we're talking about going into the desert, I would, uh, I'd take the Indiana Jones series with me to watch. Those, that's required watching for me. But last night I, I watched for the millionth time Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And there's a part in that movie that, that I have grown to love through my newer eyes of faith in, in discovering my Catholic journey and so forth and, and learning a lot more about faith and, and putting one's trust in God. There's the leap of faith scene. Indiana Jones, after about roughly two hours worth of adventures and all sorts of ups and downs, finds himself at the edge of a cliff, standing at a cliff, staring down into a canyon. And on the other side is the Holy Grail, the, the, the grail that Jesus used at the Last Supper, as it's stated in the movie. And Indiana has to get that grail to save his father's life. I'm sure many of us have seen it. I probably don't need to fill in those blanks too much. But at any rate, he has to get from one side to the other side to get to that grail. And he looks at the canyon and he says, it's too deep, it's too far. I'll never, you can't jump that far, I'll never make it. And then it dawns on him that it's called the leap of faith because he in fact has to have faith. And you see it as body language. He sort of lets everything go, clears his mind, closes his eyes and says, I have to have faith. And he puts one foot out into emptiness. And, and with purpose, he steps forward and a path reveals itself to the other side, to that holy grail. But it took that act of faith, it took that first step on our hero's part to make that happen. And then he was shown the way to, to the reward. Leap of faith, isn't that what Lent is all about? Isn't that what going into the wilderness is all about? Didn't Jesus take a leap of faith? Yes, he was God, but when he headed out into that wilderness, certainly his human side heard people saying, what are you doing? You're going out there for 40 days with no food? Are you crazy? What are you up to? And certainly he knew that, that Satan would see that as an opportunity to confront him, but he did. He went out into the wilderness and he, he took that leap of faith. Lent is a time, and on Ash Wednesday in particular, that was a time that Jesus invites us to take that leap of faith with him, to make that journey out into the wilderness for those 40 days, those 40 days of Lent. We get invited to do what some might deem crazy or doesn't make much sense, but to go out, accompany Jesus, and be his friend. We take those ashes on our forehead, and those ashes say, I'm with you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I accept your love. Let me journey with you into the wilderness. Let me explore the voice of God, the call of God. And we know that when Jesus was out there in the wilderness, Satan thought he had him. He was weak, he was beaten up, he hadn't eaten in 40 days. It was a great time to strike someone from in a position of vulnerability. But he wasn't vulnerable, was he? because he had spent that time in the wilderness. Sure, he was physically run down a little bit, but he was able to embrace that quiet time and enhance his relationship with his heavenly father. He was able to hear his voice in a way that, that he perhaps he might not have heard it had he stayed out in the hustle and bustle and so forth. 
And Jesus knows that the same thing is there for us during Lent, brothers and sisters. He's inviting us to journey with him out into those 40 days in the wilderness to get away, to let go of our earthly concerns to, to a greater extent than we're usually accustomed to and to hear the voice of God. What a beautiful thing. Now, we will certainly encounter Satan too, will we not? Satan has been, as we see in the, the, the readings today, we go back to the creation account, the Eden account, and, and, and we see that he has been up to the same tricks. There's nothing new. Satan offers us temptation so that we might make the wrong decision and minimize God. Isn't that really what it's all about? When we succumb to temptation, we put God down here and we make our worries, our concerns, our wants and our needs superior to what God has in store for us and we hear God just a little bit less. It didn't work for Jesus though and we can certainly take strength from that. Now he'll probably come, come at us about the same way. In fact, we can count on it during Lent. Is he going to ask us to, to turn rocks into stone? Probably not. Is he going to ask us to be overly concerned with our physical needs and our day-to-day -day worries and the things that concern us as human beings? Absolutely, we can count on it. Is he going to ask us to throw ourselves off a tall building? Probably not. But is he going to give us the many opportunities to tempt God by putting ourselves in perhaps the occasion of sin or in weak spots where it's harder for God to hear God's voice? Absolutely, he's going to do that. Is he going to take us to a cliff and show us all the, or to the top of a mountain and show us all the kingdoms of the world and offer them to us? Probably not. But is he going to give us the opportunity to put our own wants and interests ahead of God and therefore offer us the pleasures and the acceptance and, and the patting on the back of this world versus the loving embrace of his father? Yes, he is absolutely, positively going to tempt us in that way. So what are some ways that we can draw closer during this Lenten season? St. Margaret Mary, as we always love to point out, gives us so many opportunities. We don't have to walk that far, brothers and sisters, to walk out for our desert experience, do we? We have our, our beloved community here. We're all ready to do this together. We're ready to accept that, that call to that leap of faith and to do what Jesus did. And we have a, a few, just a few things off the top of my head. Stations of the Cross on Friday night, a great family event or a great opportunity for we as brothers and sisters to come together and experience fellowship and walk with Christ to the cross. We can do that once a week. We have Eucharistic adoration on Fridays. What another beautiful opportunity to sit quietly in, in silence and hear the word of God in a new and exciting way that we might not typically be accustomed to. We also have the, the uh, light or, or life ministry in the Eucharist. The, this program will be coming up towards the end of March, and they're going to speak a little bit more on that later on today, but that's something to seriously consider. And I might just throw in, and I, I have done this with regularity lately, and I hope everybody's not tired of hearing it, but I think it'll be my last chance to do so before it gets here. But cursio, brothers and sisters, I know we hear that word a lot around here, and I know many of us have already experienced cursio, and it has changed our lives. But for those of us in the room that haven't, please give it prayerful consideration. Talk about it with your brothers and sisters and your family. Talk about it with the St. Margaret Mary staff and your priests 
Uh, everyone is here to help you along that path to discern whether it's the right time to experience a Curcio. And Curcio this year takes place for the men and women right around the Easter period before and after uh, Easter Sunday. And what, just what a great opportunity to take a radical walk in the desert with Christ and to experience Christ in a different way and to hear his Father's voice in a new and exciting way. So please give that prayerful consideration during this Lenten season. And finally, I might say to our elect who are going forth to, uh, to, to see the bishop today and, and for the bishop to, to, to welcome you along your journey and send you towards Easter Sunday, we, you all have our, our love and our prayers and our compassion and our excitement. What a great example these people have been during the, this last year uh, to, to, to walk, take a deeper walk with Christ and to not worry about what the world thinks, to, to put themselves out there, to take a leap of faith and to accept Jesus into their life in a new and exciting way. So as you journey these next 40 days to Easter Sunday, we are here with you and we take inspiration from you. So in closing, I would just like to, to comment on the point, something we all know. Jesus had lots of fans. Father Walsh always likes to say, everybody loves a winner. He says that around this time of the year when we're talking about Lent and Holy Week and the Passion and so forth, because Jesus had a lot of followers. He had a lot of fans when he was feeding the multitudes, when he was raising people from the dead and healing people. But brothers and sisters, as he journeyed closer and closer to Good Friday, his fans and his, uh, his, his supporters were less and less, were they not? Until finally, on Good Friday, at the foot of the cross, he was left with three Marys and St. John, the apostle that he loved. Four people out of everybody were there with him to witness his crucifixion. This is a great example for us, what blessings those four people experienced and, and, and how all the more exciting Easter Sunday must have been for them. Let's be amongst those four people. Let's be those four people. Let's journey through Lent. Let's stay with Jesus through the ups and the downs of these next 40 days. Let's find ourselves at the foot of the cross with him on Good Friday, preparing to accept into our hearts the joys of Easter Sunday. Amen.